Let's read together 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 1 through 23. In this first half of the chapter, we have the record of Jonathan's victory over the Philistines against great odds. 1 Samuel chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men. Ahijah, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing an ephod. But the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of one was Boses, and the name of the other, Sina. The front of one faced northward, opposite Michmash, and the other southward, opposite Gibeah. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor-bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, Very well, let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, Wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say thus, Come up to us, Then we will go up, for the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be a sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor-bearer and said, Come up to us, and we will show you something. Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor-bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan. As he came after him, his armor-bearer killed them. The first slaughter, which Jonathan and his armor-bearer made, was about 20 men within half an acre of land. And there was trembling in the camp in the field and among all the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled, and the earth quaked, so that it was a very great trembling. Now the watchmen of Saul and Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and there was the multitude melting away, and they went here and there. Then Saul said to the people who were with him, Now call the roll and see who is gone from us. And when they had called the roll, surprisingly, Jonathan and his armor-bearer were not there. And Saul said to Ahijah, Bring the ark of God here, for at that time the ark of God was with the children of Israel. Now it happened while Saul talked to the priests, that the noise which was in the camp of the Philistines continued to increase. So Saul said to the priest, Withdraw your hand. Then Saul and all the people who were with him assembled, and they went to the battle, and indeed every man's sword was against his neighbor, and there was very great confusion. Moreover, the Hebrews who were with the Philistines before that time, who went up with them into the camp from the surrounding country, they also joined the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Likewise, all the men of Israel who had hidden in the mountains of Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistines fled, they also followed hard after them in the battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day, 
and the battle shifted to Beth-Avon. Let's begin our study of this chapter with some background notes. After the events of 1 Samuel chapter 13, where the prophet Samuel had to rebuke King Saul for his disobedience, we read in 1 Samuel 13 verse 15 that Samuel returned from Gilgal, which was down in the Jordan Valley, to Gibeah, which was in the hill country of Benjamin. Gibeah was a few miles north of Jerusalem, and it was this town that King Saul made his capital in Israel. Remember, Jerusalem remained in the hands of the Jebusites until David conquered Jerusalem and made it the capital of Israel. We read in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 16, that Saul and his men were now camped in Geba, and the Philistines were camped at Michmash. Geba was a few miles northeast of Gibeah, and Michmash was on the other side of a steep valley northeast of Geba. We see in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 17 and 18, that from Michmash, the Philistines were sending out raiding parties in all directions and attacking the towns and villages of Israel. Then raiders came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned onto the road to Afra, to the land of Shuel. Another company turned to the road to Beth Horon, and another company turned to the road of the border that overlooks the valley of Zeboim toward the wilderness. And Saul seemed helpless and afraid to do anything about these raids. But Jonathan, Saul's son, did not run scared and did not stand idly by while the Philistines attacked God's people. Remember, it was Jonathan and his men back at the beginning of chapter 13 who attacked and overran the Philistine garrison at Geba, the very place where Israel was now camped. And now here in chapter 14, Jonathan and his armor bearer step out in faith and by themselves, with the help of the Lord, win another significant battle over the Philistines. Now, how old Jonathan was at this point, we can't be sure. Maybe still a teenager. In any case, this would be like a couple of high school or young college athletes taking on a bunch of pro athletes and defeating them. So much for background. Let's move to our doctrinal teaching points. Doctrinal teaching point number one. God can bring victory against all odds. God can bring victory against all odds. Verse 6, Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. A contemporary translation of what Jonathan said here would be, One plus God is a majority. I want you to notice that Jonathan and his armor bearer did not step out in blind faith and throw common sense to the wind. No. First of all, they knew their biblical history. When they said that God can save by many or by few, they were remembering events in Israel's history when God did give his people victory against great odds. They remembered events like Ehud's victory over the Moabites and Gideon's victory over the Midianites. God gave his people victory in spite of overwhelming odds. And then Jonathan and his armor bearer let God guide them by giving them a sign. As we see in verse 10, 
But if they say to us, come up to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be a sign to us. If when they exposed themselves to the Philistines, the Philistines invited them to come across the steep valley, then they would know that God was directing them to move out by faith. And so God gave Jonathan and his armor bearer a victory over the Philistines in spite of the odds. I remember on one of our Holy Land tours, hiking around in the area of Mi'kmaq, and I think we found the place of the two crags or sharp rocks where Jonathan and his armor bearer crawled up on their hands and knees. But I can't be sure that we found the exact location. In any case, God gave Jonathan and his armor bearer victory against great odds. And he can do the same today for us in spiritual warfare. One plus God is still a majority. God can save by many or by few. Think of what God accomplished through a few individuals at the time of the Reformation. Think of what God accomplished in Africa through one man, David Livingston. Think of what God can do on your campus or do in your school district through a small group of committed Christians. God can bring victory against all odds. Doctrinal point number two. God can cause confusion in the enemy camp. God can cause confusion in the enemy camp. Verses 15 and 16. And there was trembling in the camp in the field and among all the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled and the earth quaked so that it was a very great trembling. Now the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah of Benjamin looked and there was the multitude melting away and they went here and there. And verse 20, then Saul and all the people who were with him assembled and they went to the battle and indeed every man's sword was against his neighbor and there was very great confusion. We see that God sent along an earthquake to add to the enemy confusion so that the enemy all scattered here and there. The Lord waited for someone to step out in faith and then he fought for Israel. The confusion was so great in the enemy camp that Saul told Ahijah the priest not to bother consulting the Urim and Thummim because it was obvious that God had spoken and that he was directing Israel to attack the Philistines. At least that's the way I interpret verse 19. Look at verse 19 once again. Now it happened while Saul talked to the priest, and the noise which was in the camp of the Philistines continued to increase. So Saul said to the priest, Withdraw your hand. In any case, the Lord delivered Israel that day and gave them a great victory over the Philistines. Even the Hebrew mercenaries, who had been wrongly fighting for the Philistines, turned back and fought for Israel. Verse 21. Moreover, the Hebrews, who were with the Philistines before that time, who went up with them into the camp from the surrounding country, they also joined the Israelites, who were with Saul and Jonathan. And all the men who had been hiding out in the mountains because of fear came out of their caves and joined those pursuing the Philistines. Verse 22. Likewise, all the men of Israel who had hidden in the mountains of Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistines fled, they also followed hard after them in the battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle shifted to Beth-Avon. As God caused confusion in the enemy camp in that day, 
so he can cause confusion in the enemy camp in this day. Think of how God recently caused confusion in the enemy camp of those who would move this country away from biblical moral standards. God answers the prayers of his people. God can cause confusion in the enemy camp. What about practical application from this first half of 1 Samuel chapter 14? Thank the Lord for the armor bearers he provides. Thank the Lord for the armor bearers he provides. Verse 7. So Jonathan's armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then. Here I am with you according to your heart. What a great blessing for Jonathan to have such a willing and courageous armor bearer. Now, do you think this was just coincidence? Or did God provide just the right man to join and support Jonathan? This was not coincidence. This was God providing just the right armor bearer for Jonathan. In the same way, God provides armor bearers today. If you're a committed Christian involved in Christian service and fighting the good fight, you can be sure that the Lord will provide just the right armor bearers to support you and encourage you and fight the good fight alongside of you. You know, I'm so thankful for the armor bearers that the Lord has sent along our way to help us in growing Christian ministries. Thank the Lord for the armor bearers he provides.